quitethethingmedia.com. The network, oof, without constraints. Hi everybody, welcome to Long Term Memory. My name is Jack. And my name's Colin. Thank you for tuning in as always. Jack, how are you? Yeah, man, I'm I'm good. I'm in a little bit of a salty mood, to be perfectly honest with you. I had a bit of a, um, without putting too fine a point, a bit of a cunt of a couple of days. But I'm here and ready to speak about 1996 after a little break last week, taking a dip into the old science corner, mate. But uh, I getting there yourself. Um, kind of similar. I've had a bit of a shitey couple of weeks as well. My um, my holiday to Florida got cancelled. Um. Which, yeah, as you can imagine, I'm delighted about. Um, I've been at the doctors. I've had a bit of an issue with my leg that I'm now getting fixed, but that's been a pain in the arse. And I've had toothache now for five, six days. Um, and I'm having it going for root canal treatment in a fortnight's time. So I am full of the joys of summer at the minute, mate. Yeah, man. I, I, like, I, I'll be in when this goes out Monday morning. I'll be in for my operation to get my eyes fixed. A cataract, like a fucking old man, and they want to take a look in my eye behind it because this is normally a nice thing when somebody says this to you. You've got a sparkle in your eye, but I've got a little sparkle in my eye, and they don't know what it is, so they need to look at that. So I'll be in for surgery when this comes out, and yeah, fuck it, you know, that's just we're middle aged almost now, mate. Right, we're getting there, waking up, like making noises when you're out up off the couch, like oh, for fuck's sake, I mean, <laughs> the back's gone, you wake up, your ankles all fucked, your legs are fucked. Ugh. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got my hair at least, thank fuck for that. Ah, you lucky bastard. <laughs> um, so, 1996, man. What What's the kind of first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the year 1996? Oh, it's probably fucking, it's quite a sad one, actually. It's the, probably the Dunblane Massacre. Um, and that, that fucking uh, Thomas Hamilton, I think, obviously, going in that primary school and just fucking massacring kids and... You know, it's a sad one, and we will cover it a little bit uh, in more detail uh, as we go through the year. But that's probably the thing that really um, sticks out in my mind. There's obviously other things going on, uh, the football and stuff like that. What about yourself, mate? What was happening? Yeah, like so. Now you mentioned it, that does stick in my mind, but it's it's a weird one. See, because it doesn't. I don't automatically associate that with 1996. I just remember it, and I remember it quite vividly before the news, and because it was Scotland and stuff like that. But it's just known as the Dunblane tragedy. It's not like nine eleven where you always remember two thousand and one and stuff like that. So I don't kind of put ninety six in with that. So I don't. It doesn't automatically come to mind when I think of the year. For me, it's probably something still a lot more simple, which is Euro ninety six. Um, it's got the ninety six in the title, which helps uh, with the old memories. And I was twelve. It was the summer. I think I was ready to start high school. I just started high school, and football was everything. Scotland had qualified, and I still really, really liked Scotland at the time. It was it was great. The, the football was happening just down the road, so it felt like it was local. It was good kickoff times, and it was just a great, great summer of watching football. Yeah, it really was. We won't get too deep into the football um, because of my eye. I've been told to stay off of screen as much as possible, basically. So I've replaced the computer screen with Netflix, and I have been going Netflix daft um, the last the last week or so, like binging full series and. Like when Carl's at work, just sitting for five, six hours by myself, watching the telly, watching Netflix. So I've watched a couple of decent things like the the movies that made us. That was good. Watched um, the mystery of the Cecil Hotel or something like that. I oh, I fancy that. I've not seen that yet, but it's supposed to be good. Something to do with a sewage pipe or something. No, th- this is the one that's the Cecil Hotel is a like big hotel in sort of downtown LA, but it's a. Uh, uh, 
in a bit of a shithole, really. Like, and they've got residential people staying, so they've like they need to home the homeless, basically. So half of it's like the homeless, the junkies, and then half of it try to go towards this sort of happy, nice LA hotel where backpackers can stay. It's nice and cheap, and. A girl got found in a water tank, and it's all mysterious and blah blah blah. That's yeah. what I meant when I said sewage pipe water tank. I oh knew yeah, that, I knew there was something watery pipey related to it with the mystery. So I cool. I wanted to watch that, but I haven't got around to it yet. But I've heard good things. Yeah, pretty decent man. Uh, sort of loses its way in the third, like like all these Netflixes. But it, it, I was about to turn it off at a point because of some of the shit they were talking about. Like it goes into sort of fucking ghost territory and spirit territory and I was a bit like, I was like ah, wait a minute I'm going to turn this shit right off but it only sticks with that for maybe half that episode and then gets to the what actually happened so yeah pretty interesting stuff so I've been going Netflix mad mate you've you been watching anything recently that's all um, interesting that's good uh, nothing new but what, what I've been watching other than obviously Grey's Anatomy we're up to season 11 now um, I've been re-watching Succession uh, Succession season three is due out soon, and the first two seasons are some of the best things I've ever seen. And I've rewatched all of season one, and I'm about halfway through season two, and it's just it's even better the second time, mate. It's just tremendous TV. Absolutely brilliant television. I've not watched that myself. I've been trying to watch more comedies this the last the last sort of week or so. If you're in a mood, that's probably the right thing to do. I've um I think when Succession's done, if it, if it keeps to the same sort of trajectory it's at the now. It's going to be like a up there with the wire soprano state thing. That's genuinely how good it is. Yeah. We don't have a UFC roundup of the week this week, Colin, but have you seen that? You know how that guy, that the YouTube gang that runs about fighting people? Which one? He wants to fight uh, the John, John Paul oh, John or something. <laughs> Logan Paul. <laughs> Logan Paul, that would be Yeah, like Paul, yeah. I, uh, John Paul. <laughs> I was listening to Talk Sport Radio when I was out in the car earlier. <laughs> do you know who he's called out for his next fight? I do know this. I read this. Is it was it Lennox Lewis? No, it's Canelo Alvarez, mate. Oh fucking hell, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he won't take that fight because he's an actual boxer like that. Fuck off, we man. Yeah. <laughs> like he was calling Billy Joe Sanders who just could beat off of him. Like he was like, Oh, he's a big gimp if I seen him out in the out in the street a street fight wouldn't he end well. He's he's trying to help hype himself up, but He's fighting um He's a banger, man. Like, but he's making absolute millions for just being a wido. How him or his brother is fighting that UFC fighter that I don't like. Who is the UFC fighter that Tyson I Woodley? No. Yeah, one of them's fighting Tyson Woodley, but the other one is fighting he's he's retired into a commentator now and he's shit. He was the most boring wrestler ever. Uh, he used to always fight John John Jones and John Jones would always beat him. I don't know, mate. I'm you not do. that. You do 100% know. He's like one of the main guys in the show. Um, oh, what's his name? John Bon Jones kept getting drugs and stopping the fight with him. Um, Why will you Google that, mate? I will just say that I've not watched UFC. We've spoken about this before. Literally since Conor McGregor fought the cowboy guy and he just sort of sh- shouldered him to death. Like a, like a, he was fighting a has-been, basically, and then he's... I think he's done a couple of fights with that poor air or something. I don't know. I'm not that into it. I don't know why this UFC roundup of the week thing is <laughs> it's just so we can league into the fucking the jingle, basically. Have you found that yet? Yeah, Daniel Cornier. Right, okay. That's sort of fat black guy. That's the one. He's just the worst wrestler ever. Right, okay. Anyway, we move on. 
1996 then mate, January, and this sort of popped out and made me think. January 21st, France undertakes its last nuclear weapons test. I kind of thought that France were, like, totally fucking gimpy when it came to stuff like this, like we sort of bellends and surrender monkeys, basically, so does that ring a, ring a bell? Because we did speak about China doing your, their nuclear tests and sort of getting a, a smack in the wrist for it, but I never honestly thought that France were never involved in anything like this. No, that surprises me as well, that's not a name I associate with nuclear weapons. Um, you, you just don't associate with them at all, really. I suppose nuclear weapons are perfect for France, though, because it's you can literally have your army sat in the house and deploy them and just press a button. So if you are cheap bags and dollars they want to fight, then it's probably the best. Uh, it's probably the, the the best sort of weapon or, or or army for them to use. But nah, it doesn't ring a bell. France doing that. Yeah, it used to be a thing back in the day before the Google algorithms got much better. Was remember it would give you suggestions. I'm pretty sure if you put in French, um, French army victories, it would say, did you mean French army defeats? That used to be there. There used to be a lot of racism on that as well. Right, okay. I don't even know if that was like actually real or if somebody just sort of done that for a laugh, but it spread like wildfire over the internet many years ago. Disney um, decided to take over its parent company. So this is a company um, getting so big that they decided to buy their parents out and it was a uh, capital city's or ABC, basically, and a $19 billion acquisition. This is back in 1996. I don't remember. Obviously, we were, what, 11 or 12. But I don't remember these sort of figures getting bandied about back then. It's quite common now for billion-dollar acquisitions. It's just what tech companies do. But back then, it just seems like a billion-dollar thing wasn't a thing back then. But Disney decided, let's go. Yeah, I mean, it certainly wouldn't have been common, but with the size of ABC at the time it would be you know I'm a pure American TV fucking loser ABC is one of the few so-called network channels so by that you don't have to have cable to see it in America so everybody gets it so it's the equivalent of the BBC or ITV coming up for sale so it is kind of a a massive big thing Um, they get live sport live football live hockey live basketball plus they have shows like Lost um, Desperate Housewives was kind of big back then on there they're, they're, they're kind of a huge deal so Disney buying them and taking control of that was kind of huge but it gave Disney the step it needed to now have Disney Plus and own all its own content and have its own streaming network and make all the extra money so uh, even at 19 million billion it was probably a good buy Yeah, like I said but it's just when I I was going to say what's the opposite of a, a parent but like a, a child company getting so big that they say oh, it's like Macaulay Culkin like, remember he sort of divorced his parents or something like yeah, fuck you. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm the big boy here. So sort of Disney sort of thrown their weight a bit back all the way back then. What twenty five years ago, if my maths is right, which is quarter of a century. It's quite a fucking long time. It's it. a huge <laughs> length of time. It's yeah. It's if you think about it, if it doesn't seem that long, think of what what twenty five years from now is going to be, and what age you're going to be and stuff, and then you realise just how fucking old it is. You'll, you'll be in your sixties. I will be, I forget there, that's it mate uh, March the 13th, they sort of hinted towards us the Dumbling Massacre happens Thomas Hamilton walks into a primary school basically just starts fucking opening fire, uh, killing 16 school pupils and one teacher before um, committing suicide himself, 43 year old former scout leader worst killing spree in the United Kingdom since 
hung off her back in 1987. And this was the thing that sort of surprised me. It wasn't until October that year that the government announced plans to make possession of handguns illegal in the UK. I kind of always thought that that was a thing. Like, you couldn't just walk about with a gun, but it seems like in 1995 or until this happened, you could just have a handgun. And be I, think, I think it was it was legal if you had a licence for it. Uh, I think what the law change did was it took away that even if you had a licence, you couldn't do it. They had to be stored in locked boxes and all this sort of stuff. But because the UK gun scene is such small, small news, it really wasn't a big thing. Nobody really thought about it because it wasn't like you were walking down the street and every other person was fucking packing like you might see in Texas or somewhere. So you didn't really consider it. It was all these private gun clubs and stuff. Right, okay, okay. No, I mean, we, we spoke of this before. Firing a gun is fun, but you go and you do it for one day, for a couple of hours, and you get a bit of a buzz, and it's because it's so new to you, it's, it's exciting and fun. But, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, you're not allowed to walk about with a gun because you're more likely to fucking shoot somebody if you've got a gun. You know what I mean? Guns never kill people. Rabbits, Rabbits do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, very good, very good. Um, I think one of the, the one of the things I remember oddly about the Dumblane mask and all that sort of stuff is some of the stories that come out around it. So you remember like Andy Murray being in the next door class and stuff like that. That comes out afterwards. I remember the band Gun that were quite big at the time, had been quite big before that. They changed their name after it to G U N because they didn't want it to be called Gun anymore. And I always remember the charity song which came out, which was a cover of Bob Dylan's Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. That was um, a, a dumb blame song came out for charity after it as well. Um, although we talked about it being a quite, quite a small scale thing in terms of the number of people who had handguns in the UK and what a big impact they had, etc. What you have to say is though this one thing happened and on this year we changed the laws immediately and we haven't really seen anything else since. It was short, sharp, we dipped it in the bud and it stopped it becoming a bigger issue and it stopped it really happening on scale again like you do see in some other countries where unfortunately things like this happen every other week, every other month you're hearing about this. By other stuff. countries you mean America? Yeah. I didn't want to say America because it is the best country in the world but um, America doesn't have a big problem with that, yeah. Um, and it's because of the fucking constitution. It's because the constitution was written in fucking 17 whatever and guns were just getting invented then and like one of the first things was here, you're allowed a gun everybody's allowed to bear arms. Like, and not fucking change it. Just fucking change it, man. Just scrap that. Just, like, put, get a tippet suit and just go like, ah, nah, that's not a thing anymore. It was a fucking law that was written fucking 200 years ago when, like, guns, like, you needed a gun, basically, but otherwise, like, a fucking a bear would get you or somebody else with a gun would get you. Just, just scrap that, man. Just have an amnesty. Get rid of the fucking guns. It seems like a fucking simple solution to a problem. Or... Like Chris Rock done a bit where it was like, like you're allowed a gun, but it's ten thousand dollars for a bullet. Then there's not going to be any more innocent bystanders type thing, you know. I mean, this is like a this is a whole serious separate pod on its own. But the, the issue is, it's the, the NRA, isn't it, and how popular they are, and how linked into government they are, and how many members they've got, and how they'll just make it literally impossible for anyone with that sort of mindset to get elected to make those changes or if somebody got elected and didn't mention that stuff and then did it when they were elected they would quickly be unelected so um, to be fair if a president became president and did that being unelected would probably be the least of his issues he'd end up fucking shot to death um, so it's, it's a huge one and it's, I think it's one of these things that's 
it's out the box now, and I don't think there's any way they can fix it. It's just fucked. It's always going to be that way. It's just a touch of a different system over there with fucking lobbying and lobbyists and like you've got fossil fuel that's come out the last couple of days. People saying, look, we need to fucking get rid of that now. We need to stop doing that or by 2040, the world's going to fucking burst into a ball of flames, basically. So, yeah, it's just a different political system. Staying in the UK, but the week after that, um, if that wasn't bad enough, cows started killing people, so they did gone. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> fucking hell mad cow disease or BSE or whatever it was called yeah that was a thing which was huge um, there, that was that was almost Jack our first little glimpse of what a pandemic could be like because that was as close to a pandemic as we've had in our lifetime up until now I would say the mad cow disease pandemic there was um, you couldn't walk on farms or work on fields there was farmers walking through disinfected water every time they passed by their cows and so many cows were slaughtered and shit because they had this this virus or this disease linked to them that was it, it was pretty awful. Um, I, I do remember the pictures of on the news of like the mountains of cows just getting set on fire. What a waste! Um, it's what a waste of tasty beef. Indeed, a total waste. Um, I knew somebody vaguely whose wife actually contracted this and died because of it. Um, it's it was serious, serious business, man. Um, awful, and at the time, it was probably a bigger deal than what we thought the pandemic was going to be. It was took seriously right from the start, whereas the pandemic stuff we've had now, it took people a, a little while to get used to it. But this one just happened, and it was all over the place. And I think having the word "mad" in the disease. It adds a little bit of tablet to it, doesn't it? It gets people involved, gets people interested, gets people listening. People were actually of the belief that if they ate a cow, they would literally go mad instantly. Yeah, and it was like, even like Haribo, um, the jellies, jellies made of, gelatines made of cows, so they were worried about fucking jellies and jelly babies and jelly beans. If that could get you as well, it was, um, it was pretty extreme, but like you said, it was like a, a foreshadowing of what we've been living through for the last fucking year and a half, I suppose a little bit of what can happen if you don't take these things these things pretty seriously. But we'll, we'll plod along. Like you mentioned, the Euros, what's your overwhelming memory? Is it the that one goal against Scotland by Gaza? Is it the penalty shootout? What sort of sticks out for you from Euro 96? So this, this is probably blasphemous coming from a Scotsman, but my memory of your 96 and the story of your 96 is the England team. It's football coming home. It's the song. It's Buddy and Skinner in the stand singing the songs. It's how good that England team were. It's that goal that Gaza scored. It's how well they played against Holland. That, team, that game they ripped Holland apart 4-1. It's that game against Germany. That miss by Gaza just inches away from them getting the end of that ball, which could have won them the game. And then it's Gareth Southgate missing that penalty. It's... The story of England, really, for me, is, is that tournament, Britpop, everybody being football daft, and the country kind of getting swept away by it. That's that's the big one for me. Yeah, similar to you, mate. I don't have much more to add to that. Like, that goal was... It's a weird one, because obviously Gaza played for Rangers, and we were into Scotland at the time they scored that goal, and it's kind of like, oh, you bastard, but what a fucking goal that is, Jesus Christ. And then, obviously, the, the celebration, the, the dentist chair celebration, because they'd been accused in the press of being mad booze artists and just taking the piss out of that. I don't know if they'd pre-planned that, but it was just, 
yeah, it was fun, and like it says, they could be be on penalties, which is just a common theme with England. What what is that psyche with a fucking full nation or a full football team? They just can't get past a serious serious penalty shootout. Like, kind of thought they get past it, England with the Colombian thing, but they obviously haven't, and it's still a thing, man. It's still a thing with them. It's almost a psychological thing that even a whole new generation of players with no scar tissue of their own still managed to kind of adapt to that national psyche of being terrified of penalties. That's mad. Self-fulfilling prophecy, really. Yeah, we're speaking about scumbags with that Thomas Hamilton guy and our fucking rotten scum organisation, the IRA. Um, they decided to bomb Manchester right in the middle of a fucking a football competition happening in England. Injures over 200 people and devastates a massive part of that say Again, don't want to get into too much fucking detail about these rotten scumbags, but that's all they are, man. Like fucking vile, vile scum, basically. Yeah, absolute scum of society. Um, I don't care what your what your beliefs are or what you believe you're doing for what your perceived great or good is, but if it involves bombing a city centre with 200 innocent people that have got nothing to do with what you're against, then you're a fucking scumbag and that's exactly what that organisation are and fuck them. Fucking rotten terrorists, yes. Um, a couple of weeks after that, the Nintendo 64 comes out, launched with its most popular title, Super Mario 64. I was never really into the N64, made the controller for some reason, I just didn't like it, I just, it was too many fucking legs or something, I don't know, I, I never really got into the N64, were you an N64 guy? I was, but only by by proxy, um, I've got a funny story about this actually, I'd not long got the PlayStation before this, and there was no way I was getting an N64 as well as the PlayStation i just got, I just knew I was chancing my arm and it wasn't going to happen, so what I did Jack was, I convinced my young... Hello friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Her sister that she wanted a Nintendo 64. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Knowing full well that she wouldn't enjoy it. She'd be sick of it, and it would find its way into my bedroom. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. You're a fly bastard. You're a fly bastard. Talking about like smarts and being being clever. Dolly the sheep, you know, the first mammal, uh, was successfully cloned, and that was in the July of this year at the Roslyn Institute. And there's an argument that some people will say, "Oh, humans shouldn't play God, but God doesn't exist," and we definitely should try and play God if it means longer lives, less disease, X, Y, Z, stem cells. Fuck up, man. We we can play God if we want because, let's be honest, we are God on this planet. We are we are top potatoes. Like, so that, that's my take on it. Any memories of Dolly the Sheep and the outrage or the, the high fives? 
remember people being delighted about it because of the scientific marvel of the whole thing, and then people being worried because they, they, they thought it was going to be the start of just cloning anything you wanted. And there was talk of cloning designer babies. There was people saying that it was unnatural, it was untested, and all sorts of stuff. I think the fact that we're 25 years on, and we're still not seeing mass production of cloned animals yet, Jack tells us that those fears were a little bit unfounded. And this was a an experiment that worked, but hardly the start of a whole new thing. Um, I know they've done things medically. They've, they're able to grow veins now from plastic. They're able to grow uh, tissue that they use. Um, they're usually 3D print things that go into people's bodies now to help them. It's amazing, but it's not quite taken off. I'm still quite looking forward to the day when they can clone a sheep properly, clone a cow properly, and they use it for a food resource, and it tastes as good as the real animal. And it's going to do a hell of a lot for pollution, the environment, not killing animals, basically. Um, that's what I would like to see happen with it. That's what I'm looking forward to. But not until it's a match for match. I want to have a big cow steak on one plate and a genetically modified steak on another plate. And I want to not be able to tell the difference whatsoever. And when I can do that, that's when I'm ready to accept it and do it. I don't want it as some sort of Linda McCartney fucking fake thing. It has to be like for like. But when it does that, I think it's a really good thing. I'll get really, really, really behind it because we said before, a cow farting is worse than 100 cars driving by. Yeah, like I think the next sort of marvel in technology is going to be the uploading of a consciousness to a machine, basically. So... When you're in death's door, you just get fucking downloaded as a person, basically, if you want to, if you can afford it, I'd imagine. Just download you as a fucking computer program, poof, there you are. You're sitting there on a hard drive. I think that'll be a thing in many, many years to come. I'd, I would want, though, like, so that's, say, say, say I, we found out I was going to die tomorrow, right? Then 100% you would want to download me and keep me, 100%, right? If, however, I was like 80 odd, I don't know if you want to download 80-odd me because nobody wants a permanent 80-year-old pain in the arse talking like an 80-year-old, thinking like an 80-year-old, acting like an 80-year-old. So ideally, you'd want to be like, okay, Colin's going to die, he's 85, let's bring back 37-year-old Colin because he was fucking brilliant. Yeah, fair enough. Can I get behind that as well? Yeah, yeah. you know, the old people are a bit of a hindrance, aren't they? Oh, well, yeah, I suppose. July? Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Fucking Samoa wins the egg and spoon race. Do we really, really give a fuck? Kurt Angle won five gold medals, or three gold medals. Did he? Uh, with a broken neck. Right, okay. So, is that good? Yes. Yeah. really good. He won, he won <laughs> wrestling. Wrestling gold medals with a broken neck. Um, but I, the, the, the Olympics is very much overshadowed by the football, just like it has been this year. Yeah. The second half of the year, I'll be honest, was... Um, Pretty dull, so I didn't take much to do with it. So, pies, mate. Like, pies? Pies? Pies. Well, we'll just tell your mother that, uh, that uh, we ate it all. Wrong Term Emery has joined forces with Pie Sports at piesports.com. The pies are absolutely class. I love the Mr. Sings Chicken Ambala. That is so tasty. That is a good one. I think my favourite would probably be the macaroni, though. I prefer meeting my pie. That's what she said. <laughs> Deary me, so if I was to pick a second favourite, it would be the steak haggis and peppercorn sauce. It's not a bad choice for any of these pies, truth be told, Jack, because you've got things like the Dirty Mac, the mac and cheese with black pudding, 
traditional scotch pie. You've got the Mr. Sings chicken and bala like we spoke about. And if you like a bit of beef, you've got the beefy bake. The choices are endless. And even if you're trying to lose a couple of pounds like myself and Colin probably could, there is the skinny scotch, which has got 40% reduced fat. Sounds good. And one of the best things about this company is you don't have to go to the bakers and stand in a queue with people full of germs to get these. You don't have to go to Asda. You don't have to go to Morrison's. You don't have to go to Tesco. Nowhere like that. You go to piesports.com, you select your pies, you put in your address and they deliver them to your house anywhere in central Scotland. It couldn't be easier than that. As a listener, you get special treatment though and you can win a box of pies delivered anywhere in the UK. All you've got to do is look out for the hashtag WTMPies on Twitter or use our website wrongtermemory.com and fill in the form there and you could win a box of pies each week on the show. May as well pass to a couple of other Scottish legends. That's magic. Well, what's that? 17 minutes ago, was it? Mm. We're in the house minding my own business, lining my ribs, then boof, we're here on the high street searching for the beefy bake. Oh. That is the power of advertising, Jack Boy. Mm. We are the mere puppets of your marketing bigwigs. We are marketing bigwigs, and last week's competition was... Pretty well took up, just asking people for pictures. We had Stephen Davis with Laura's ice poles, a guy coming out of an egg, Claire from Steps, I think, Gary maybe sent in, football fans, alpacas, memes, baby chickens in little hammocks. What else did we have, Colin? Ali McCoyst. Ali McCoyst with some funny road signs, um, aliens versus puppets with some junkies. Um, people rubbing, it, rubbing our egos, trying to get us to give them prizes on that way. That might work in the future, but it didn't this week. Um, cats like plain crisps. <laughs> some cat some good graffiti that was, man. Yeah. Booze, sweet potatoes, doots, this is right up your street. Kingpin, wonky mirrors, daft selfies, stuff from the 80s and American pies. They... It was basically just a, if the backlog of our the backlog basically of our podding careers basically came through in these pictures pretty much, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. But uh, Jack loves a dog. We all know that dog pictures tickle me the right way, and there was three or four sent in, and the one that tickled my fancy the most was sent in by Sharon or at Sharon MX on Twitter, uh, a picture of a good girl or boy with a big tongue hanging out. And that means, Sean, you are this week's winner of a pie delivery. Send us a little DM with your address and we'll get those pies out to you as soon as possible. Well done. And look out for it to win this week's um, at lunchtime today, which is lunchtime Monday. Hashtag WTM Pies. And we will come up with another ingenious way in which you can enter the competition and win your own pies direct to your door from the good guys at Pie Sports. Yeah. Buy us a coffee, um, or buy, I should have really thought about this, buymeacoffee.com forward slash long term memory, is that right Colin? That is right, yeah, that is where you can go and you can buy us a coffee. Being honest, we've never spent any of the money on coffees, um, but it, it certainly goes towards some of the hosting, it goes towards some of the kit we use, and it always is appreciated and comes in handy. Um, it's it's great, we we launched this just as a wee thing to see if anybody would ever do it, and the, the amount of so many people have kind of blows us away and there's been a, a fair few in the last week or two that I've done it and one of the nice things about it sometimes mate this probably sounds really false and I promise it's not it's not that somebody's thought I'm going to give these guys a five I'm going to give these guys a tenner sometimes it's the wee note they put on the buy me a coffee which is really really nice sometimes um, which was great I had a guy the other week that's been letting his children listen to the pod and they're liking it as well now which is brilliant 
Oh, that's a bit dangerous, I suppose. It depends what age the children are, but yeah. I mean, we can't say fuck our cunt, basically. Sorry, uh, yeah, but that's how it goes. But I think we wanted to shout some of these guys out, didn't we? Yeah, Gordon Mack, uh, Russell, just a Russell, Ian Campbell, Paul Kerr, a mystery man, um, 18 Coco, 1872, some of the wee notes. Uh, been meaning to do this for a while, let's have a pint and I'll see you in a loud and I'll get you another couple. Uh, guys, the pod is class. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much, mate. Um, see when you come across like-minded people who you think um, get along with you. Tremendous. Keep up the good work. All the best. It's to be noticed that definitely mean more. Like the money is, is class and it does go towards, like we says, um, all the stuff that costs money. But um, we just put our stuff out there and like, it's not that we, c- we couldn't do it without you. We could probably still charge on, but it really, it really does help. So big shout out to everybody that does that and a massive high five. High fives. And just while we're on that as well, quickly, um, any sort of recognition is good. Well, I love hearing people that are enjoying the show and stuff like that. And I was lucky enough to bump into a listener during the week. Uh, Bradley, Bradley Johnson appeared uh, next to me at the football, came up, introduced himself, told me how much he was enjoying the shows. And particularly, Jack, how much he's looking forward to your pirate radio shows that are coming soon. So... I'm sure he's one of many <laughs> looking forward to that as our Brad. So, Brad, thank you so much for coming up and saying hello. Much appreciated. Very much appreciated. Cheers, Brad. That's out on the 17th of August, by the way. My name is Jeff. His name is Jeff Colin. His podcast Jeff. father. His name is Jeff. And he's been in contact. And he we sort of put out there, like, do you want to do 1996 or are there any other suggestions? And Jeff said, how about the life and times of Jeff? And I think he meant himself. And I thought, right, okay, we can kind of run with that. So he sent in a personal story, podcast father did, who I've been on his show, uh, done a little bit of an interview with him, Indie Podcaster, I think it's called. So if you want to hear more of me um, slamming social media and the banality of it at times, then go and listen to that interview. Here is a personal 1996 Jeff story for you. I was a little fellow playing basketball, the year our team won zero games. This sounds like a Mighty Ducks type thing. One game via the nearby city, local rivals, we only scored one point. <laughs> I made one of my two free throws. We lost 51. No, 58 won. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's an absolute doing. Uh, Jeff still has nightmares about this. Um, his dad's screaming <laughs> at the sidelines. <laughs> a basketball dad. Damn it, Jeff. Damn it, Jeff. <laughs> Damn it, Jeff. You stupid little cunt. <laughs> 58 1, man. Jesus Christ, that is an absolute pounding. I hope he's better at podcasting than he is at basketball because he sounds fucking hopeless at that. Yes. What about, but fuck it, we're not going to go into Jeff's life story, but uh, we've got a couple of Jeffs to cover, mate. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Any opinions on Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum was in Jurassic Park and was really cool. He was in The Fly, which was also quite a cool film. However, his claim to fame would be on UK television, Graham Norton, and telling Graham Norton that he once tried to procure the company of a prostitute at the age of just 13. Um, I'm assuming that's when he was 13 and not the prostitute. And in order to afford the appointment of the prostitute, he stole $5 from his dad's wallet. He must have been going pretty low-rent prostitutism. Um if he only stole a fiver. Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Premier League serial killer, 17 confirmed victims. Jeff Daniels, um, he got paid $50,000 for Dumb and Dumber and Jim Carrey got $7 million. But um, did you know his dad used to be the mayor of Chelsea? 
I don't know if this is Chelsea in England or if it's Chelsea in fucking somewhere in America. No, let's be, don't, you don't get mayors. Oh, you do get mayors in America, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, do, yeah, Mayor Quimby. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's our Chelsea. I don't think it's America. I think it's ours. Yeah, DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did all of the scratches and mixes for the movie straight out of Compton. And my DJ Jazzy Jeff story, Jack, is one you've heard before, I'm sure, is that um, I only recently realised that DJ Jazzy Jeff was not Carlton in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> I always just assumed that Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff was Will and Carlton, um, but it's not. A little bit of pop culture now, Colin. This is one for our Glaswegian listeners. In 1996, the GOMA, the Gallery of Modern Art, where all the goths used to hang about and all the skateboarders would run about or wheel about. Um, that opens in 1996. I kind of had a feeling that that was open much longer than 25 years ago, but there we are. I don't remember the opening. I just remember it becoming an absolute... Sewer of sewer of humanity <laughs> due to the, the Marilyn Manson fans and Slipknot fans and leather jacket wearing big long boots, long haired painted nail weirdos hung about it. So yeah, it was a, a gauntlet of hate and misery walking past that sometimes. Um, Fucking vicious little bastards as well. Oh, they are. I seen one whack somebody by a skateboard once. It's who did that? I wonder if it was the same guy. <laughs> Maybe it's just a guy whacking folk with skateboards, I don't know. But Fucking skateboard Steve running about just smashing cunts in the face with skateboards, man. Like, you might have been the same boy. Aye, vicious wee cunts. Big guys with mascara and long hair and names like Kenneth and stuff like that, just awful. Yeah, we, we touched on Jazzy Jeff. His pal was Will Smith and he was in the biggest film of the year, Independence Day. Fan of that. Eight up. $800 million it made? Fucking hell. Yeah, at the time it was fucking tremendous. I think watching it back now would be awful, but at the time it was great. Same as Twister then, that was number two. I've never seen Twister, but I've been on the ride at Universal Studios. Right, okay, Mission Impossible. A series that got better as it went along. Did it? Right, okay, we're fucking... The wee midget running about, the Academy Awards, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg in the March that year, held at the uh, Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in LA with Braveheart, winning Best Picture, a movie about Scotland and freedom. Never seen it. Yeah, we done it as our higher movie that we had to fucking pick apart, so we watched it for basically a full year in my sixth year of school, so yeah, never to be watched again onto the music stuff Colin what were the top singles kicking about number one was Killing Me Softly by the Fugees one time um, from the score album they were like the biggest band in the world for a while the Fugees people just went nuts for them uh, number two was the Spice Girls with Wannabe um, which was huge and number three uh, famous from the Levi's advert was Spaceman by Babylon Zoo Spaceman I was one of you to go. That's almost exactly how it went. Um, their lead singer was a guy called Jazzman, and um, their follow-up single, only other song, was a song called Animal Army, and it was awful. Sounds it, man. Top albums of the year, then. Where are we going now? We are going to go to Alanis Morissette with Jagged Little Pill, talking about things that are ironic, like 10,000 Spoons and Needed a Knife and all that sort of stuff. Spice Girls with Spice, and my favourite album of the year, Oasis's second album, What's the Story, Morning Glory. 
Yeah, my favourite album would have been Spice. It's because you're a weirdo and you're a room covered in Spice Girls posters and Spunk. Yeah. Um, room covered in Spunk. But you were fucking crying this year as well because in February, take that, split up, mate, and you would have been fucking gutted. I was gutted. Their, 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 last, their last song they did, they all sat on stools and got pushed off a cliff at the end of it. It was a Bee Gees, it was a Bee Gees um, cover, How Deep Is Your Love, I think it was called. It was sad. Very, very sad. Um, it was almost like Serial boy bands and Hello Girl band with the Spice Girls, wasn't it? It was like you couldn't have them both together at the same time. No, they could not coexist. And the Spice Girls came out a couple of months after that with Wannabe in July. Um, fucking fantastic stuff. And Oasis headlined Nebworth basically two nights. And they were gutted that they didn't decide to try and do it for a month because they could have sold it out every single night. They could have done. But half a million people there over two nights. Mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental. Um, this, this, that was August the 11th, wasn't it? So that's like this this week's anniversary. That's been a fair few bits on Twitter about it, and Noel spoke about it on Matt Morgan's podcast as well. It's absolutely huge. I'd love to have been there. I saw Oasis maybe five or six times, but never ever saw them obviously down there at that extent. It would have been tremendous. Um, maybe some noise in the background, folks, because that the heavens have just opened here. And if, if it's doing it here, it's doing it at your bit as well, Jackson. You're a minute away from me. Yeah, I just took a wee look at the window and it looks like it's starting to come down. I've not heard anything yet, but uh, if you do hear it, that's exactly what is happening. A uh, couple of births in 1996, mate. I don't know why these people call themselves things like this, but there's a guy called Ten, who's a Thai singer. Again, googling that cunt, most impossible. Absolutely impossible to find him. A Chinese figure skater called Wan uh, Han. <laughs> I just put that in because it's in Scottish. <laughs> We've got a pal with that, Stephen. Um, <laughs> and also, on April the 18th, was born Ski Mask, the slump god, who is an American rapper. You're right, anti Ski Mask. Yeah. Oh, 82nd album. Uh, now, I'm usually quite good with this stuff, but I've never heard of Ski Mask, the slump god. Fuck me. That's a yeah. new one on me. If you're into fucking Volkswagen adverts and people dancing in the rain, Gene Kelly died in February of that year. Pretty famous actor and dancer. Any opinion on old Gene? Mika sang a song about her. Uh, oh no, it was Grace Kelly, I think. I think that was Grace Kelly. Um, nah, that means I have nothing about it. If it was singing in the rain and all that, that's black and white stuff I'm not interested in. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. As always, one of my favourite sections coming up now, the sort of listener mail section and people sending in their 1996 memories. We've got Matty Ice or at Matty Ice Media on Twitter getting in contact. I specifically remember watching Michael Johnson break records and win gold in Atlanta Olympics. Boring as fuck. And I remember the Yankees, Derek Jeter, having a coming out party uh, when they win the first of the four World Series in five years span. Well, as, in, as in coming out as gay? I don't know, but presume so, aye. Good for a man, fire in. Um, keep your shitty rounder stories to yourself, Matt. Thanks, we'll move on. Um, Bradley Johnson, the aforementioned Bradley Johnson, yeah. I, I should really read the notes. Um, his memories are the Liverpool FA Cup suits, yes. They were like white F, white suits they wore, if a red and white tie. And they were playing Man United, I think. And I remember Roy Keane or someone saying that as soon as they saw those those um, suits that Liverpool were wearing, they knew they were going to win because they were just dressed ridiculously. 
Um, Man United won the FA Cup for a record ninth time, beating Liverpool 1-0, and they became the first team to win the double of the league title and the FA Cup twice. Uh, and that's Brad. Bradley's up in Glasgow, but he is an English lad, so I don't know if he's a Man United fan or not, but um, good, good memories from Brad. Good guy. Yeah, Jason Miller, at Miller underscore, that's me. Uh, oh boy, uh, summer of 96, I was in Atlanta. Oh, fuck's sake. Somewhere between soft and junior years of college. Oh, fucking hell. Sophomore? Sophomore year and junior year? I only know about that because Tony takes medal to see the universities and that, and the Sopranos, but it literally could mean anything. Yeah, experienced two weeks of the Olympics. Uh, the bombing, which is obviously sad. Uh, saw a friend from high school right before going back to school and married her a year later. Yes, Jason's a mad shagger. Mm, still together, I think. I hope. Don't know. Yeah, they're probably glued to the Olympics. Glued to Absolutely glued to it. Um, who's next? We've got the She Will Rock You podcast. Who, if their podcast is as good as their Twitter comments, probably worth giving a miss because they've just replied I was only free. So thanks for that content. We've got um, Keelan. Um, I am Keelan. It, best part of 96 I recall was being born. That's some memory you've got, Keelan. Uh, the Records and Band podcast at records underscore bands. Gascoigne's goal, brackets, sorry. I think because they know we're Scottish. Spice Girls done playing Independence Day. That's a mixed bag. Look, mate, never apologise for Gaza or the Spice Girls. Yeah. You've got Thomas Carter Rochester at TC Rochester ACT on Twitter. 1996, the start of Power Rangers. Absolute game changer. The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Big Bad Beetleborgs. I went to see the Muppets Treasure Island with my mum and Dunstan checks in, told me I shouldn't have a pet monkey. Um... Wow, um, I'm, I'm with him with the Power Rangers. Batman and Robin are pretty good. Um, the Muppets are all right. It's the way it's the way he starts the tweet that annoys me. Just one word. Listen, full stop. You fucking listen. I've got no idea what half of that means. <laughs> and a simple bell. We'll wrap it up here. I think the year I get married. Well done, mate. And he's kind of taking a piss at you here a bit, isn't he, Colin? You can wrap it up. The year I got married, Florida on honeymoon, Colin. <laughs> well, I went to Florida on honeymoon as well, actually, and I've got a beautiful wife, so fuck you, Baloo. Oh, is that a dig at his wife, man? I've not <laughs> seen her, but she won't be as beautiful as mine. Um, also the year the film Independence Day came out. Haha, <laughs> hashtag irony. I quite like that one, actually, fair enough. Well done, a simple bear. Uh, at Baloo underscore 72. We'll wrap it up there, Colin, yeah. Yes, that's more than enough for this week. Um, let's do 1997 next week. That'll be good because we can talk about Titanic. Oh, fuck. Bye. Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com